Ewaldar Health Board area. According to yesterday's figures, Public Health Wales data shows there was two new cases in Carmarthenshire, one in Pembrokeshire and none in Ceredigion. Across Wales, 94 new cases were confirmed with three new COVID-19 deaths reported. The total number of cases in Wales is now 210,823 with 5,538 deaths. The total number of cases across the three counties is now 15,945, that is 10,734 in Carmarthenshire, 3,445 in Pembrokeshire and 1,766 in Ceredigion. Outdoor drinkers in Tembe created an evening of disturbances for residents and a morning of cleaning up by council workers. At one point it was said that around 300 people were reported to be gathered in the harbour area with the resulting noise and litter described by one resident as grim. There were further reports of youngsters walking through the town with boxes full of alcohol with other people buying takeaway drinks from licensed premises before making their way to the harbour. One person stated on Twitter that not only is Tembe be strewn with litter, but most streets, corners of houses are being used as a public toilet. Last night, urine was running down the pavements. Let's get pubs open and their toilets being used, please. Pembrokeshire County Council operatives have been working since earlier yesterday morning to remove rubbish in various locations in the town, including piles of bottles and other litter under picnic tables at the harbour. Kilgetty man Liam Cullen says he is delighted to be back after stepping off the bench to score a a vital goal for Swansea City at the weekend. 21-year-old marked his return from injury with a crucial late equaliser to earn a 2-2 draw with draw from Wickham Wanderers at the Liberty. He said it was an unbelievable feeling to come back and get the equaliser today. We were disappointed with just a draw, but it's on to a Tuesday now and I'd like to thank everyone for their kind messages. A change in planning rules that will ensure Wales benefits from the Great British Staycation has been welcomed by landowners. The Welsh Government's announcement increasing permitted development rights from 28 to 56 days means greater freedom for farms and rural businesses to offer temporary accommodation, according to Nigel Hollett from CLA Cymru. He said more campsites, activity-based businesses, refreshments and retail outlets will play a significant role in re- Regenerating Wales' economy as 2021 becomes the year of the Great British Staycation. It's made possible because more time is to be allowed for land to be used for temporary businesses. Doubling the permitted trading period in 2021 makes business more viable, enabling business people to manage risk, take on staff and reinvest. I am Charlie James and you're up to date on Pure West Radio. Follow Pure West Radio on Facebook. Search for the Pure West Radio.
Well, a very good evening and welcome to the second half on Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. I'm Ben Stone. You're really welcome to the show. And we are live right now on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. There's lots to talk about tonight, but we start by sending really best wishes to our great friend, Bill Khan. He's missing again tonight. He'll be back soon. I know he'll be following tonight's show. He's been texting throughout the day. And I also know a lot of sports clubs have passed on best wishes from right the way across Pembrokeshire to Bill. It means a great deal to him. Monday night without our mates, not quite the same, but we will carry on regardless. Gordon Thomas, evening to you. Good evening, Ben. Nice to be here tonight. You too. Fraser Just Watson. A, a quiet week of sport. <laughs> Fraser, how are you? Good. Been searching all day for some football things to talk about, Ben. Not come up with much. Oh, there's, there's plenty. We should say our guest just after 8.15 today will be top Pembrokeshire ultra runner, Sana Duffy from Milford Haven. She's going to tell us about her next running challenge, which is underway very soon indeed. But as Fraser and Gordon already alluded to, two big football stories kick off the show. Jose Mourinho leaving Spurs broke just hours after the news that Spurs were one of six Premier League clubs who've agreed to join a new European Super League. Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, the others, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Inter Milan, Juve and Real Madrid, the others. They say the competition will be midweek and teams will then carry on playing in their respective domestic leagues at the weekend. What planet are they on? Now, for me, and I think Gordon and Fraser, I'm sure will have their own views, but football clubs are a big part of their communities. They represent the fans, they represent history, they represent so many stories from across the years. If I wanted to support Conglomerate FC, I would. I'd follow NFL franchises and get behind them. I don't want that. I want to support a football team with history that plays in a proper pyramid where teams right down at every level get the chance to progress. Fraser and Gordon, what, what are your views on this? Go on, Fraser. Hit them with it, mate. Hi. Follow. I mean, I, I'm as, as flabbergasted and disgusted as many a football fan at the moment, Ben. You know, I, let's not be very naive here. You know, finances and, and extortionate money has been in football a long time. I think it was always going to be inevitable that one day it started to eat itself. You know, Sky, they've pumped a lot of money in. We've seen the formation of the Premier League, which changed the game financially, changed the landscape of everything. But this is unprecedented. You know, in all my years of following football, I have never seen anything like that. This isn't just a case of, of money getting obscene. We all know money's obscene in football. We've seen that. Players on 400, 500 grand a week. The Neymar transfer over 200 million pounds of the transfer. We all know that's got out of hand, you know, but there always will be money in sport, and unfortunately, you know, and it will be the big spenders that benefit. We've had this argument with Formula One, but this is a different matter entirely. This is taking away the very essence of competition in English football and other leagues as well. And this is completely ruining a pyramid system with over 100 years of history. Yeah. You know, and, and people, I've seen some weak arguments banded about today that, you know, that when the Premier League came in, clubs weren't complaining then. Yet, the Premier League did. It changed the game, like I said. Mm-hmm. And it created a big financial disparity between the top clubs and the bottom. But there's still a criteria, right? Even now, it might be a streamlined top flight for what it used to be in the 70s and 80s. There's still three down, three up. It's not ring-fenced, you know? Even originally the Premier League, and there was no expanded Champions League then, you should have to win it or be runners-up to get into Europe, even now, all right? Okay, it might be a very core group who's likely to be challenging for top four, but you've still got to finish there to go up. And for these clubs to do this and and to go into this ring-fenced monopoly 
of this oh. rubbish of a Super League. I, I think it's disgraceful. I'll let Gordon speak now and I'll rant again after. Yeah, I've got more to come as well. This could be. I, th- I think you're rather annoyed, Mr. Watson. <laughs> Do we? Are? Not to worry. Gordon. Football, football has always evolved, but this was a real shocker this week, the way they announced things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go back to the 60s when my club, Manchester United, were at the forefront of playing in European games and Matt Busby, uh, you know, the Busby Bays, uh, I could, I can't remember that, but I was just growing into that when they were, you know, and the FA were against uh, United playing in uh, Europe then, and now it's a big part of uh, of of the game, the European game, and this league has really shocked everybody. The way that there's no relegation, there's no promotion, they've just gone ahead and they they're just keeping it amongst themselves. The play, but the best bit is that you know. Matt Busby said, I've written it down, football is nothing without fans. And ironically, we have a pandemic at this moment in time with no fans. But, you know, it's a crazy, crazy thing to to go. There's no feeling about what our game, you you were quite right, Ben, with your intros. We all have history with our our clubs, don't we? Wherever we we are. Um, And I'll have to say this as well. UEFA has come out... uh, under the English, Spanish and Italians, they, they've announced, and I will read it, the clubs concerned will be banned from playing in any other competition at domestic, European or world level, and their players could be denied the opportunity to represent their national teams. Now, what player in the world wants to play for a club at the elite level and yes. not be able to play for their country? Exactly. Exactly. It's a crazy, crazy situation. Yeah. I'm sure things will settle down, but at this moment in time, it's a crazy one, isn't it? Well, Absolutely. A, a, a few things I'd say to that, and I, I did start the day thinking this was just some leverage from the clubs involved to to kind of get what they want yeah. from UEFA and the new Champions League rights money and, and that type of thing. As the day has gone on, I think it's become a little bit more serious than that. And I'm actually starting now as we as we start the show thinking this could actually happen. Uh, UEFA are quite right to respond. And I, and I also want to I want to put on record as well tonight that I'm, I'm no supporter of FIFA and UEFA over a number of different issues. I'm really not. I think we had an example last week of more poor behaviour from UEFA, where they uh, suspended a Rangers player who'd been the victim yeah. of racist abuse for three matches. Mm. Something that went on in the tunnel, and I thought that's a ridiculous decision. If you're a, if you're serious about getting rid of racism in football, you do not behave like that. Whatever has happened, the guy was racially abused on the pitch. I can understand why he lost his head in the tunnel afterwards. UEFA are not a perfect organisation. But the answer to that, in my eyes, is not 12 clubs, 15 clubs going off and creating their own... Thing that's out of no. the pyramid. Let's reform no. UEFA. Let's reform FIFA. We, we can we can do that. I think. And there's enough good people in football worldwide. They're not all bad, and we can reform those organisations. The answer is not moving the game away from the supporters. And and we follow we follow Haverford West County. We you know I'm based in Chelton, Chelton Town, and my local team. I feel that these clubs at the top, Fraser, are moving football now potentially further and further away from those community clubs at the bottom, and it stinks. Absolutely. It'll change your face and not in a good way of football forevermore, perhaps. And and what Gordon just said there was very poignant. He touched on the fact that we're in a pandemic. You know, this was supposedly a year, longer than a year now for football, not just football, but it's football we're talking about, to take stock, wasn't it? To get back in touch with reality. Hundreds and thousands of people across the UK dying. You know, football fans included in that. You know, clubs going to the wall, not just amateur clubs, 
professional clubs, the extortionate finances. We've hit an economic crisis. Again, it was a chance to take stock, to look at football and say there's too much being banded around here. There's too much greed in the game. Something has to be regulated. Something has to be done. And the bit I can't get my head around is throughout that period, throughout these harrowing times, these owners of these six clubs and the ones beyond in Europe, in Spain, in Italy and a lot, have been getting together um, and let's let's be honest, this, this doesn't happen overnight. This is months and months years of planning. Have been getting together to put together this ring fence rubbish, which creates a monopoly and which mm. is lucrative and, and, and cuts off the rest of the competition. I, I, I can't quite get my head around it, you know, and I saw Gary Neville almost be ranting yesterday and you couldn't disagree with anything he said, you know. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so no. hard to, to summarise in words. And another thing that angers me as well is, and it, okay, there is another side that football has brought this on themselves. We we all are happy when our clubs spend a lot and get success off the back of it. But these six owners, they're not football people, right? They can't be football people. And yet, mm. John Henry, the Glazers, Stan Cronk, how many of them have you come out? Have come out to face the music in the last exactly. couple of days? That's right? never do, Fraser. That's a great point, Fraser. That's and a great we've point. Got, we've had managers now coming out saying that they've learned at this the same time as, as we all did. Um, it's I'm embarrassing. I'm not convinced by that, right? But even so, Oli Solskjaer yesterday, what's he supposed to say? Absolutely thrown to the wolves by this, mm. right? Put in front of the camera minutes after yeah. the story's broke. How are you supposed to affect Jürgen Klopp tonight? John Henry, you just had 24 hours to anticipate this, and he was happy to send Jürgen Klopp, who is in an impossible position, an impossible position, right? And in some ways, Liverpool stand more to gain than anyone. That's not exonerating the other five in any other way. But they're the ones who have always lauded and built up this community spirit, you know, club of the people, mm. so much history, the things that have gone on with Hillsborough, the European Cups, you know, a real working man's club, a, a romantic success story, if you like. And Jurgen Klopp has grasped that and he's connected with those fans and yet he has to Definitely. face the cameras yeah. tonight it's with a silent billionaire owner in the background and try and explain why they mm. essentially want mm. to disconnect from that city and disconnect from all those fans. You know, it's it's an utter shambles and it's got so long to run. So I tell you what, so I tell you what Bill said because he's he's messages on this sure. and, and it makes it a, a good point. Uh, he said that the intended breakaway news should come as no surprise. These clubs are privately owned and have shareholders who demand profits. Take Man City and United as examples. They're not remotely interested in other smaller clubs. I applaud Gary Neville for speaking out. Uh, although cynics like Gordon, see, he's he's he's, all, he's already causing an argument. He's not even here. Uh, might say he too is looking after his own interests. Uh, threat to throw them out now would be interesting if the authorities had any bottle. Would fans refuse to carry on supporting them if they left the Premiership? I certainly would. I would as well because I, I do think if you if you come out of that pyramid that supports clubs across all levels, you are you are changing your history. You're you're, you're moving away from your history. And, and Tottenham for me wouldn't be the team that got to the FA Cup final in 1991 on the back of Paul Gascoigne's goal against Arsenal. You know, mm. it wouldn't be the team that, that went, went to Ajax. I went crazy in the pub when Lucas Morris yeah. scored right at the end. And, and you know, it, those memories, I think, evaporate if this happens. The, com the comments gone. coming in, the comments coming in our page, showing up, Ben. You've got yeah. Jason Chapman. It's all about money. Glazer, an American businessman, not a true football fan, doesn't understand the passion of the fans and the loyal managers, ex-players. Who's on board with the new Super League Glazer? Adrian Price, good point. Are Leicester more of a top six club than Spears? Are Spears offered a place just because of a shiny new stadium? And look, you know, there's another argument. This is a Super League, right? If Spears do pull off what now looks an unlikely win on Sunday, and this isn't a slight you, Ben, or a dig at the team support, that's two League Cups in 21 years. Is that Super League criteria? What is the criteria for this? 
that's the problem, isn't it, Gordon? It's a closed shop already because it, it's it's a group of clubs who've got money and who are going to commit to it, isn't it? That's what it is. Exactly. I mean, boys, the Premier League is supposed to be uh, meeting, I think, tomorrow. The 14 other clubs that aren't involved in this Super League. Mm. If I was involved with them, I would be saying, well, if those uh, uh, sides and clubs want to go ahead with uh, the Super League, we'll, we, we won't play them again. Mm. We, we'll just boycott them. We'll have our own Premier League and we'll, we'll just get on with it like it mm. was. Mm. And, um, you know, definitely just kick them out. I mean, they don't. It's all about money, total money. It it really, really winds me up, to be honest. You, I generally think Gordon may prove to be right there. I think, I mean, quite often something comes up in football, we all kick off about it and we moan. A few people say Mm. they're done with the game, and then a couple of weeks later, it blows over and everyone watches it. This feels different. The strength of feeling against this is like nothing I've seen before. I think we could genuinely have a situation where all clubs and all fans got together and did something along the lines of what Gordon's just said there. Mm. Definitely, Fraser. I mean, if Man United are turning up at, um, just hypothetically, say Leicester City next week, if I was Leicester, I'd say, we don't want to play you, lads. You carry on. You get on with it. We play teams that are within our 14 now. We're not good enough to play against you guys, so... You get on yeah. with your football. Well, listen, we're gonna we're gonna actually uh, tone it down a bit because we're gonna talk to Sana in a sec. And if you want to talk about grassroots sport, <laughs> grassroots sport at its finest, we are going to have an example in just a few moments' time. Uh, Peter says, um, "Well said, all. I think there is a degree of inevitability about this. It's all about money, and frankly, nauseating. Supported Arsenal since birth. My family emanate from North London. They were my local team. Why would I support an international conglomerate masquerading as my football team?" Arian says, with no PSG, Bayern and Dortmund, it's hardly a Super League, it's a spoiled kids club. Well, there's a point in itself. Yeah, Yeah. and Josh says, Spurs, Arsenal, Man City haven't even won a European trophy and now they're being considered as super. It's a joke. Um, We'll we'll talk about Jose Mourinho before nine o'clock because we haven't got to talk about that. That's the other big story from today. And and continue with your comments because uh, we'll we'll get to some of those. It might be we just have to change our original script for tonight's show because there's loads of comments coming in and and we'll get through them and there's plenty to talk about. Uh, But we will take a moment. I think we all need to, don't we? Um, We'll just take a moment and and, and we'll get ready uh, to talk to a top ultra runner from Pembrokeshire who may well... Fraser, have you ever done an Ultra? No chance. No. Well, I've certainly not done what this feels about to explain either. Yeah, <laughs> this it, this is going to be phenomenal. The, the challenge that Sana's talking about, and she's going to tell us all about it. She's raising money for charity as well, and she will be with us next on Pure West Sport. Have you seen the Queen's Hall recently? This fantastic refurbished community space is a multi-purpose venue right in the heart of Narberth. A venue that's enriched in 60 years of history. The Queen's Hall is the perfect place to enjoy an evening of top quality entertainment, a dinner date, or just a treat for that special someone. Look no further. If you're an organiser looking for the ideal space to hold your function, whether it's a class, conference, or staff party, contact the team at thequeenshall.org. UK or visit them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Have it all at the Queen's Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Pembrokeshire Vision Arts Wales, a brand new creative hub in Haverford West. Playing host to a youth and amateur theatre company, a show-stopping choir and a multitude of masterclasses from Broadway and West End talent calling all actors, singers, dancers and those who want to bring the West End to Wales. 
Vision Arts has the spotlight and the curtain is about to rise. Ready to take centre stage? Visit visionartswales.com. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Oh, where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire. Oh, man, you missed again. You need to get your eyes tested. Nah, mate. I ain't got the cash for that. You're in college. You can get an eye test for free. Really? From where? I'm with Mags Optics. They're in the Riverside Arcade in Halford West. Sick. I'll check it out. Eye tests are free for children under 16 and those aged 16 to 18 who are in full-time education. Glasses up to £85 are free for students aged 18 and under with an NHS voucher. Call Paul, Tina and the team on 01437 767744 or go to magsoptics.co.uk to book an appointment. Mags Optics are the proud sponsors of The Gaming Show on Pure West Radio. This is Pure West Radio. I hear a lot about sinners Don't think that I'll be a saint But I might go down to the river Cause the way that the sky opens up when we touch it It's making me say That the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Cause the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Feel so holy I don't do well with the drama And no, I can't stand it being fake No, 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 no I don't believe in Nirvana But the way that we love in the night gave me life, baby I can't explain it The way you hold me, hold me Cause the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Feel so holy They say we're too young and the Then the players say don't go crushing Wise men say fools rushing But I don't know They say we're too young and the Then the players say don't go crushing Wise men say fools are rushing But I don't know Chance, the rapper ah. First step pleases the father Might be the hardest to take When you come out of the water I'm a believer, my heart is fleshy Life is short with a temper like Joe Pesci They always come and sing your praises Your name is catchy But they don't see you how I see you Parlay and Desi Cross tween tween Hesse Hit the Jets beat When they get messy Go lefty like Lionel Messi Let's take a trip and get the Vespas Or in a jet ski I know the spots that got the best We going next week I wanna honor, wanna honor you Rise groom, I'm my father's child I know when the son takes the first step The father's proud If you make it to the water He'll part the clouds I know he made you a snack like Oscar Proud Suffer it to be so now Gotta clean it up Formalize the union and communion he could trust I know I ain't leaving you like I know he ain't leaving us I know we believe in God and I know God believe in us You hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Feel so holy, 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 holy Oh God, running to the altar like a track 
me, hold me, hold me, feel so holy. You're on it's Pure West Radio for a Monday evening. It's Pure West Sport. I'm Ben Stone. We are here with G&G Builders. Really good to have your company this evening and a lively start to the show uh, talking about this European Super League for some of our football teams. Keep your comments coming. We'll get back to some of those before nine o'clock. There's loads to talk about. We're going to chat to our guest, Sana Duffy, in just a sec. Let me just check. Sana, can you hear me okay? Uh, yes, I can. Excellent stuff. And we <laughs> really? were, we were by the magic of radio. We were having one or two technical problems. As soon as we go live, it all works. Always does. <laughs> always been the way. Uh, just before we chat to Santa, let me just ask Gordon. Uh, Haverford West County beaten, weren't they, at the weekend? Five one at Newtown. That that took me by surprise. Yeah, that was a little bit of a shocker, really, uh, Ben. To be honest, you uh, previously they played at uh, Latham Park and they beat the Robins three nil. And uh, they went there on Saturday, probably confident that they would get a result, to be honest with you. Um, Wayne Jones was bitterly uh, disappointed with the final uh, result. 5-1 is their heaviest defeat of the season. Um, they just never really got going. But fair, fair, you know, fair play to the Robins. They played really well in Newtown. And he said we couldn't take anything away from them. They were the better side on the day. Um, hopefully tomorrow night when they play Cardiff Met, Harford West will uh, be back to their best and they'll be playing in the capital. So uh, we wish them all the best tomorrow night and hope they respond with a, a good result. Absolutely right. Right. Let's uh, let we'll talk about have for West again before nine as well, because as uh, Gordon said, they're uh, away to Cardiff tomorrow. Uh, let's introduce our guest. Been waiting very, very patiently, shall we, Fraser? Yes, good. Delight to have Santa Duffy on here tonight. Uh, well known around Pembrokeshire for her trail running and her ultra running, and and it's on that topic that we we wanted to speak to her now because she will be going for the Pembrokeshire Coast Path record, currently standing at sixty four hours thirty two minutes from Richard Simpson, and she's announced the date that she's going to go for it, May the seventh. It was an attempt that was obviously scuppered last year for you, Santa, wasn't it? Because of COVID and then originally the weather. So first question I want to ask you, Sanna, is we'd like to have you here. May the 7th, any particular reason for that date? Was it a case of checking a forecast or the time of year or is it simply a case of now is the time you feel fit enough to do it? Um, the tides are perfect. Um, right. Obviously, there's the co- there is a tidal part and it's literally they're this perfect. The coast path is in great condition and I just can't wait any longer. <laughs> I just want to get it done now. <laughs> well, I hope you'll cut it as fine as you did as a getting onto here and logging on in time but um, like you've got you've got you've got 64 hours 32 minutes to beat Santa um obviously last year as we mentioned your attempt was scuppered through covid obviously delaying things the coast path was closed for so long and then and then yeah. the weather when you did get around to doing it belatedly has that heightened your sense of determination this time around yeah and um and as disappointed as I was that I had to stop when I did all the donations and the, the amazing messages and support, I I feel I've got much more. I had a lot of support, I know, back of me, but now it feels it's even stronger. And I got I need to do it for, for myself and for everybody else as well. Um, Santa, for, we get people listening and watching from, from all over the place, lots of people from Pembrokeshire, but, but beyond as well. So for, for people who are maybe not familiar, can you just tell us about the challenge that, that you're looking to do? Just give us the details. What's it going to look like? OK, well, it's 186 miles. Uh, you start uh, well, in Caradigion and pop it, and then you run the coast path the whole way, all the way to, to Amroth. Then um, at either end, there's these like stones that, 
um, that show you the whole route of the coast path. Um, and you just just follow those acorns for uh, hopefully just under 50 hours for me. <laughs> what, is that um, your target? 50 hours? That That's my first target, yes. <laughs> wow that's phenomenal and can i check as well is that is that in one go what what are what what are the official rules are there any stops factored in how how does that work um as long as you don't stop the clock so to speak you can like obviously i'm going to have to change shoes and change clothing from day to night and fill up with water you don't have to constantly be moving just not allowed to stop the clock so if i did want to have a sleep in that i could as long as i clock that time in but the plan isn't to sleep (laughs) Um, but yeah, you just have to follow the route um, and have it, get it verified, which I'll have the tracker, which will, it will have the GPS and my watch will track it. And I'm sure people will take some photos along the way um, and then that will verify it. So as long as I don't pause it in any way, um, it's, it's just time, just how long it takes for you to get from A to B on so, that. Uh, that's an incredible feat. How can you think of running 186 miles without stopping, sleeping, or eating, or drinking, or oh, whatever? I mean, there'll be lots what, of eating. How, how, have you how, how have you prepared yourself for this? What have you been doing in, in training? I do one or two miles. I mean, I'm shattered after that. You're doing well, another 184 on top of what I do. Well, it, it doesn't, you don't wake up um, one day and hope to run that type of distance in six weeks. It's, you know, it is a, a long time training. So I've been training for this since March 2020. Um, and since then, I've done over 300 miles a month between now and then. Um, a regular massage is when COVID permits uh, lots of eating, lots of foam rolling, <laughs> lots of walking after long runs, it's lots of sleeping as well. <laughs> It's some commitment, isn't it? it, it it's uh, to take on a, an ultra marathon like this is a lifestyle thing, isn't it? You, you've got to commit yeah. to it. You have to commit to the training, everything that goes with it. Have, 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 how have you found that? I, I think COVID has made it slightly easier. I mean, no one's going out. There's no family events to, to go to as such. But I've always been pretty committed. And my family and my partner have always like, yeah, Sarah's running comes first and then we'll go for a meal maybe after <laughs> but at least i'm with the driver because i never drink <laughs> <laughs> sam, sam there's obviously a pointed reason behind all this as well which you touched upon in your intro here and you said a lot of people have donated to your charity fund for this which is the Welsh share ambulance you want to explain yeah. the reasons to those listening why that's your chosen charity i think where we are um in pembrokeshire the Welsh share ambulance plays a massive role um for emergency um services and 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 non-emergency as well but because we're so remote and I just think they're such a great charity that's been going for so long and and I've seen them in action myself I think we we all see that seen that helicopter unfortunately um on our journeys in in Pembrokeshire Mm -hmm. and just with with COVID hitting I know that a lot of charities have missed out things like London Marathon and other events um you know, but they're just not getting funds. There's no charity shops, no fundraisers. So I had my target two thousand, which I have surpassed now. So I was really well done. So hopefully, yeah. um, get a little bit more. But they've been great support as well. Um, they've sent me like good luck messages and asking how I am, even after and in between. You know, even after I failed, they've been in touch. That was nice. If there's anyone watching now who'd like to support you, Sano, is is there a way they can do that? Uh, yeah, it's just given. So if you search like just given Santa Duthie, it would it would come up. Excellent stuff. It's a, it's a fantastic cause. It really is, Gordon. Yeah, uh, 
have you got an athletic background at all then uh, or is this just something that you thought you wanted to do I, I've always kind of been a bit into into sport but it was more like um like just to keep fit you know to to keep in shape um, and then yeah. in 2013, I did my first ever marathon, the long course in Tenby. Yeah. It was horrific. And I was terrible. <laughs> and then two, two years what, later... What was your time, Santa? What was your first, what was your first marathon time? Can you remember? Um, I think it was four hours, 27, something like that. Not bad for a terrible, terrible good, outing, is it? Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I got, struggled I... to do that in the car, Santa. <laughs> oh, stuck behind a tractor, I suppose. <laughs> Santa, the way Gordon drives, yeah, got Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> this this is obviously something to be particularly relevant to this attempt, and obviously ultra running in general. Describe what it's like mentally doing those distances, because we all have. I mean, Ben, Ben, I know has completed marathons. I've, the other day, I did what? nine miles and I had some dark moments doing it. You know, it was difficult. <laughs> but you, you, when you're talking ultra and you're talking mm. a different ball game again, explain where you have to go mentally and how you keep yourself going. You must have a lot of dark, difficult moments, especially in a challenge that you're about to take on now, where all you want to really do is stop. I think there's something like I've, I've researched, like ultra running and, and how I think for myself. I think if you've had a bit of a, a tough time in life outside of your running, you're very much determined to, you can deal with things. You, you keep moving one foot of each, each other, um, just eating and drinking. Yeah, there's dark moments, but you can't let that absorb it. I mean, you'd give up in the first mile if, you know, if, if you were going to do that. You just literally break it down. I mean, the good thing about the country coast path, I can break it down by beaches or by the gates because mm. they're all numbered. And you just, I for me, I count numbers a lot and working things out right. If I get to here um if i'm at six miles within like two hours or whichever it is then i'm two miles ahead and it's just a counting game for me um and just on the coast path it's quite easy to get to float away a little bit you know and then you remember you, you know it takes your mind away and I, one thing i'm looking forward to is i've not seen a lot of my friends because of because of covid it's gonna be like a massive catch-up on different sections <laughs> so that'll keep me distracted for for a bit i think a few questions coming in for you, actually, Sandra. Jason wants to know, what's the furthest you have run so far and what was the time? So how long have you gone in, in training? Uh, okay, uh, well, I've done two 100-mile races. The first time I did it, I took 27 and a half hours. And the second time I did it, I took just over 24 hours. So same distance, two different times. And I've done a multi-day event as well. So that was 50 miles over two days with very little sleep on um, the Howgills in the, in the Lake Districts. Wow. that's mm, wow. What, what made you want to get... Because like Fraser said, I've done one marathon and I'm training for another one at the moment um and then i'm going to do liverpool next year and i don't phrase you have you have you done a marathon yet no no but <laughs> no no i wasn't i wasn't taking the mickey out of them no we did, we did something i was just wondering um, no i i've done a lot of coastal runs and, and i think it's yeah. one single run that the furthest has done is 18 miles but i've never, never done the magic 26 and I, I just wonder 186 for that matter what <laughs> makes you want what 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 makes you then make that jump from marathon to ultra? Because it's it's in the back of my mind, but it's just such a jump, isn't it? And I I can't even get my head around the distances you're talking. So you said you've done a marathon, yeah? Yeah. And you know how amazing, like maybe not straight away, but how amazing it feels that you got yourself to do that. Just just you, oh, no one else. It's, it's it's you and your your trainers, or you know, and and your, and your kit. 
and then you do that that and you get and you're like oh I think I can do a bit more and it's just that build and just constantly wanting that little bit more what more can I do how far can I push it how much quicker can I do it if, if it's not further how can I do it quicker and I got a marathon I got a good time and I realized I couldn't really do it any quicker so I thought I'll just go further <laughs> and then you mentioned earlier Santa, that the tides are in favor and that's one of the reasons you turn May the 7th and that's quite yeah. pivotal isn't it because if you do have a difficult section or, or you do slow down or you have to stop for whatever reason there's every chance that the tide works against you and the whole record comes to a halt I assume yeah I'm quite lucky my literally my local training bit is where the tidal bit is it's, it's like three miles I, I do it on my morning runs um so I know it quite well and I know how close I can get to it or not close um so this window I, I start at 8 a.m on the Friday and the low tide on the Saturday is at 11.47 so I have two hours either side so I'm giving myself over 24 hours to get there yeah. um, and it's like yeah. 110 miles so you know without going too fast or too slow it should work out outright you Have you got anybody Google. supporting you, Sana? As in, you know, obviously, if you did stumble and fall, is there anybody there to help you if you well, get in any sort of trouble? Not that I'm expecting any of that, but... You no, know. Um, A, the tracker, it'll have an SOS button on it. Um, yeah. And B, um, my my dad is going to be there a lot for, the, like, the first day and then the, into the second half of the second day. And then my partner. So they're going to be crew, like constant crew then. That I know yeah. like, they can be wherever. And, um, they'll have all the like, stuff that I need. Um, and then friends um, and um, just friends and people that want to support me are going to join in along the way then. Right, I mean, so I'm sat here as someone who loves running. I'm sat here getting feeling excited just listening to Santa talking. Like it's, I, I've got butterflies listening to you talking. That that feeling. Have you, you? You Fraser said at the start that the time to beat is sixty four thirty two, and you you said fifty is that first target, Santa. Have you allowed yourself to think what that might feel like when you finish? Uh, I just it scares me a little bit. Um, it's, it's in a good way. Uh, I just I don't know what I'm gonna do after I finish. <laughs> it's been you know 18 months and it's something i wanted to do wanted to do even before i you know it's it's always been a dream um i just love Pembrokeshire coast (laughs) so i don't know what i'm gonna do we've had some brilliant questions this is a really good one actually from helen um when you're training do do you have a good playlist to listen to or or do you not listen to music and if you do what's the best music to listen to whilst you're running no music whatsoever i just love you nope none i just like being out in 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 the fresh air hearing the waves the birds seals sometimes <laughs> well that's a bit scary i'm like three o'clock in the morning <laughs> we've, uh, we've got a message here santa from christine selby saying you're a star you amaze me all the time with your training runs hope to meet up again for longer your challenge <laughs> Thank you. and no lions does running himself listens to the show regularly doesn't mince his words he's put 10 minute kilometers for 15 out for 50 hours with 11,000 meter ascent bloody hell <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive yeah, marks um so 7th of may santa um is when you start uh just yeah. giving is the place to go to support you but also the the air ambulance which is a phenomenal cause um will you come back on once you've recovered and hopefully had a glass of wine afterwards uh, i think you'll be able to treat yourself water. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you'll be able to treat yourself afterwards um, you have to come back on and, and just tell us what it's going to be like to cover the 185 miles would that be okay yeah of course 
We'd love to hear that. Okay, well, listen, from us all at Pure West Radio, we're right behind you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I think the messages we've had, you're an absolute inspiration already. So go well, enjoy it. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Bye. All the best, Anna. Yeah, take Bye. care. Bye. Inspirational stuff. And there's still more to come. Uh, we're here till nine, and there's still plenty more to talk about right here on Pure West Sport. Hi, I'm Ben Stone, and you can join me on the weekly Pure West Sports Show with G&G Builders. All the latest sports news from around the county is featured every Saturday morning between 8 and 9 with a preview of what's to come ready for match day. Then we kick off every Monday night between 7 and 9 with my award-winning pal from PembrokeshireSport.co.uk, Bill Kahn, who teams up with Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas for the second half with the latest news, views, guests and gossip. Pure West Sport, proudly sponsored by G&G Builders, a Pembrokeshire-based company who've been in business for 30 years. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. The Valero Community Update on Pure West Radio keeps you updated with the various projects Valero are supporting in Pembrokeshire, from sports clubs, schools, charities and musicians to members of staff from Valero who volunteer their time. We hear about the latest community projects Valero do to support our community on the last Wednesday of every month at 9.30am and 5.30pm, only on Pure West Radio. If you miss it, catch up on the podcast at purewestradio.com. The Valero Community Update. How are you, Bob? Good, thanks, Chris. Is it true what I heard? Yeah, we're officially the best butchers in Wales. That's amazing, Chris. Massive congratulations to you and the team. Oh, thanks, Bob. So what can we get for you? Well, Chris, uh, could I have a selection of your award-winning meats? Oh, don't forget to include a pack of Pembrokeshire's best burgers. Prendergast Butchers, Haverford West, Welsh Butcher Shop of the Year. Providing the finest quality meats to Pembrokeshire for over 70 years. We're open for orders either in the shop or on our website, prendergastbutchers.co.uk. If you can't get to us, no problem. We're offering a delivery service. Give us a call on 01437 763387. Listen online at purewestradio.com. The garden was blessed by the gods of me and you. We had anywhere for to find ourselves some truth. Oh, what you waiting for? No, what you waiting for? Counted all our reasons, excuses that we made We found ourselves some treasure and threw it all away oh, What are you waiting for? No, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? No, what are you waiting for? When I dance alone and the sun's beating down Blame it all Carnival, your confidence forgotten. I see the gypsies roll. 
Ezra on Pure West Radio. It is Monday evening. It's Pure West Sport. Really good to talk to Santa Duffy. Um, do have a look at Just Giving because for the, the Welsh Air Ambulance, that's a brilliant cause. Uh, but Gordon and Fraser, how good was it to talk to Santa? Inspirational stuff. And to take on that challenge is phenomenal, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? You know, the, the, the length she's going, 186 miles, and she's hoping to do that in 50 hours. Uh, it's just incredible, isn't it? It's just mind-boggling. But she's determined, young lady, mm. and you can see that she's been training really hard. And if everything goes well, I think she'll do it. No problem at all. Good luck, Sana. Not shying away, is she, from it as no. well? She, you know, she, she could easily have said, well, I have to see on the day. There's so many factors. She'd know this is the time I want to do, and she wants this record. So Fancy yeah. an ultra phrase? I've one day been, I've got, I've got a few more miles to take <laughs> yeah. up there. I just, I, it's so hard. I was trying to to tease it out of her, really, just contemplating going those distances. And, he, and she was saying about the two 100 mile races she's done and, and the time she gave for those. It, it, it's just brilliant. It really is. So, yeah. all the best to Santa. That video will stay on the Facebook page. Uh, still plenty more to, to come before nine o'clock when we hand over to Rob Parker and friends for making noise. Uh, we will talk about Jose Mourinho in just one moment, but we should say well done to Lee. Liam Cullen, uh, brilliant to see him back from injury. And on the score sheet, Fraser and Swansea were rather grateful to him as well, weren't they? Yes, poor display by Swansea, although they did rally and get what could yet turn out to be a vital point. But Liam's only trained twice, you know, and then it's only because of a striker shortage. Steve Cooper admitted that they put him in. He said the usual plan would have been to have 20, 30 minutes of the under-23s, but given the resources, they said, well, he might as well have 20, 30 minutes for us. And it's actually three goals in two games for him for Swansea and at the Liberty. It's just unfortunately because of injuries been spread out over three months. But he's come back ahead of schedule, spoke to him after the game. He seemed very positive. He's feeling very good. And with Andre Ayew now looking like a hamstring injury, it looks like Liam could go from seemingly having no part in the run into a pivotal one. So yeah. delighted for him. 
Yeah, and we spoke to him on the show, Gordon, didn't we? Um, quite early on in, in Pure West Sport days, actually, and before his injury, and he was he came across really well. So it's great to see him back uh, because that was quite a nasty injury, wasn't it? Yeah, he's a level-headed guy. Yeah, he had a really nasty ankle injury. I think it was the week we actually spoke to him. That, that, that particular yeah, he time, he picked up the injury. Because yeah. I remember Fraser texting me, thinking, oh, it's a bad injury, that one. <laughs> and uh, fair play, he's bounced back. And I'm delighted for the young lad. You know, to, Swansea were 2-0 down against the bottom of the table, Wickham Wanderers, and on he comes. And, uh, you know, they pull one back and he gets, uh, uh, you know, the equaliser. Uh, yeah, great for the kid it'll do yeah. his confidence the world of good I'm just smiling because Franny who's a regular listener has said um, I think Gordon should follow Santa on a push bike fancy that Gordon? <laughs> I couldn't keep up with it on a push bike then <laughs> that's the honest truth we'll stick I, an engine I, I on to, yeah yeah no, I, I'll, I'll decline to do that I'll, I'll uh, well, pass it up at the finishing line <laughs> Listen, um, we've obviously had lots to talk about this evening with, with the European Super League, but also uh, news broke uh, with, with, within hours of that story coming out. News broke this morning that caught me by surprise that Jose Mourinho had been sacked as Tottenham manager. Uh, 17 months in the job. My, my views on this are that the timing is unbelievable because it's in the week of a, a major cup final, the Carabao Cup against Man City and, and Mourinho is the one manager uh, who was beaten Pep Guardiola in a domestic cup final. Uh, yeah, well, I also... I, I've been told by good authority, Ben, sorry to, to interrupt, but apparently he heard about the European Super Leagues and he, he put it to his players and they were so disgusted with it. He said, I am going to walk away. And the Tottenham board got wind of this and they decided to quick, quickly take action and they sacked him. Yeah, I, it caught me by surprise. And, and and I think if you appoint Jose Mourinho as your manager, to get rid of him after 17 months just seems illogical to me because it hasn't been a great season. I think some of the players need to take responsibility as well. I think Mourinho will, will win a trophy uh, if he stays at a club for a decent period of time. Uh, what was your reaction, Fraser? was bizarre. It was just about taking everything that had broken overnight and then this to come in as well. I mean... The conclusion to the Mourinho reign, I'm not that surprised about. We saw this at Manchester United, didn't we? We saw this at, at Chelsea and certainly in his second stint. It, it did seem to be there were those rumblings of discontent himself. He was beginning to make murmurs and you sense there was perhaps a bit of unsettlement there. But again, you know, you've got a first major final, a chance to win a first major trophy for the Spurs since 2008, which is probably quite necessary given where they obviously see themselves as the elite of European football all of a sudden. And and for it to happen today, I, I can't believe even for Daniel Levy's often, often questionable logic, I, I cannot believe that this was not done for some kind of background reason. I think, you know, what Gordon's just raised mm-hmm. it there, there may have been some kind of reaction to this. Super League. We've heard the rumours, like Gordon said, refused to take the players on the training pitch. I, I can't fathom otherwise why today it would be done. If it was at the end of the season and Tottenham had lost the League Cup final and finished outside the top four, mm. which looks a distinct possibility mm-hmm. now, then it would be perhaps understandable. But this just just added to this morning's circus, didn't it? Well, I agree with that. You look at it again then, I think, because I think the top four probably is beyond Tottenham now after the draw at Everton. But you look at it again then after the League Cup final. And I, I thought the decision then facing Spurs in the summer would be um, either back him or sack him. And 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 I think questionable that, that some players haven't performed over the last 
18 months. So some of them haven't been performing pre-Mourinho coming in. They weren't playing well for Pochettino either. Um, I wonder, just interesting on, on Jose Mourinho, Gordon, because obviously he managed Manchester United as well. And, and the, the Mourinho we saw at the back end of his Man United tenure, clearly I don't think wanted to be at the club anymore. I don't think the job was quite what he was expecting. I didn't actually think we saw that at Tottenham. I, I think he, he always looked frustrated to me because of some of the inexplicable things that were going on on the pitch and he was never able to get his defence the way he wanted it. Um, where, where do you view Mourinho? I know I know Bill's a big Brian Clough fan and I actually said to Bill on text today, yeah. I said to him, I think they're very similar. I think they're very similar personalities. Yeah, yeah. he's got a great record, let's, let's be honest. He's won league titles all over Europe and Premier League as well with different clubs. Um, you know, he obviously knows his football inside out, but he has this uncanny habit of falling out with players and airing it out in public. I don't like that at all, to be honest with you. If you've got a problem with somebody, you deal with it in-house. You don't have to air it all around. And it sort of, it brings an us and them sort of attitude and you don't need that. Uh, but he is a great manager. Um Possibly his tactics and all are now probably a little bit too old, but I, I can't deny him the fact that, you know, what he's achieved over the years that he has been a manager, he has been really, really top, top, top draw. For me, I Ma- think Matthew one Griffiths. Of the best. Matthew Griffiths, big Spurs fan, actually, he's watching the show, he's just messaging, yeah, no surprise he's gone and good riddance, but the timing is bizarre. I thought he'd go next Monday after losing on Sunday or the following week when we can't get fourth place, then in brackets. But obviously that doesn't matter now with yeah. European Super League rubbish. And, and that's true. The, the I mean, strength... he's the first Super League coach to be sacked, isn't he? He is. We uh, only qualified for it last night, didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Matthew also says, I like Mourinho, the personality, but the football's been dross. If you're winning, you, you can accept it to an extent. That hasn't been happening. If fans had been at games, he would have been gone way before now. I, and I think it's been up and down under Mourinho for Tottenham. There have been some good performances. There have been some bad performances. I, I think at the heart of it is the defence hasn't been good enough. And, and that's been his... His, his success everywhere, he gets a yeah. foothold defensively mm. and he's not done that with Tottenham. There have been some, some some days our defending has been absolutely shocking. I, I do think there are players in that defence who've let him down. I think someone who I've been a big fan of, Eric Dyer, don't think it's been good enough. Serge Aurier, Davis and Sanchez haven't been good enough. And, and that's been the great difficulty for, for, for Jose Mourinho. I just think we're now in a position where Ryan Mason could be managing Tottenham in a Carabao Cup final against Man City. Now, I like Ryan Mason, but it just seems bizarre. You'd make that your preference against Pep Guardiola. It doesn't make sense to me, chaps. It's either going to be a barbaric decision or Ryan Mason's name will be in Tottenham Hotspur folklore forevermore. Yeah. I I agree with your sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Listen, let's let's finish because we, we've covered all sorts of different topics um, this evening. We should finish, though, I think, with, with cricket because we are all very much looking forward to uh, the cricket season starting in Pembrokeshire. And tonight's show has been a bit uh, light and shade, hasn't it, um, throughout because uh, there's all sorts of different issues to talk about. So I thought this would be quite a nice way to finish. And actually, uh, Glamorgan were beaten in the championship over the weekend. Um, Ollie Robinson took nine wickets as, as Glamorgan lost. Um, he's a, oh, a senior... Seema being linked with England, doesn't he? Um, Great so, figures. So what, what I thought we'd talk about, who, who are your favourite bowlers uh, in Pembrokeshire and also some of your, your favourite all-time uh, bowlers for, from the world of cricket? Who, who wants to go first? Go on, Gordon, you, you kick us off. Right, going back a few years, I loved the duo at Nayland in the 60s, 70s, Tommy Jones and Russell James. They were a, a fearsome uh, pace bowlers back in the day. They put the fear of God into the batsmen all around the county. 
Uh, moving on a little bit further, Alan Davis Akira was another a great bowler who actually played for Wales, and also Colin Williams, known as Vlees at Half West County, another quick quick bowler. He, uh, you know, and present day, I, I, I do like um, uh, Jamesy at Half West. I think he's a terrific character and puts a lot of uh, effort into his bowling. Uh, and then you've got the spinners of like Simon Doc Holiday and Andrew Miller, who get a, a shed load of wickets. Good stuff. Fraser? Yeah, well, I've actually got Bill's representations here as well. He wasn't going to miss out on this one. So he, uh, international bowlers, he said for Shane Warne, um, noted the ball of the century to Mike Gatting, which he, he credits with transforming leg spin bowling. And he's probably right to a large extent there, Bill. And also Jeff Jones, the fast left armour, who, who played for Glamorgan in England, was another big favourite of Bill's. Locally, he's gone with Gord there. He's gone for the, the duo of T- Tommy Jones and, and Russell James. He had to see them off many a time as an opener. And also another one Gordon will be familiar with, Martin Donnelly. And uh, Bill... Yeah. Bill then did tell me the story. Pembroke Dock chasing 65 to win on the race course. He came up against Donnelly, first ball of the innings, shouldered it, in his words, to show what a classy batsman he was because he thought it was going wide and it swung it in and took the bail off his off stump. So, so those were his <laughs> references. And uh, me personally, I, I would have to agree with Bill there. Shane Warne, for me, has, has done more for bowling or cut than any other player in the history of the game you know so clever so much variety such a character as well so much charisma I know he was behind technically Murray in terms of wickets taken but I think the amount that Murray took on the subcontinent and dare I say against Bangladesh maybe came into that so Warren stands alone there for me and locally I have to say Adam James for me I think it's hard to go against Andrew Miller if you're going to go against the statistics of the last decade. He's streets above, I think, in terms of average and wickets taken. But if you want to come at the moment, come at the man, I think it's Adam James. Partly, you know, because there's not much between the years with James Ian. He doesn't worry or feel pressure. But I have never seen a better over in a pressure situation than he produced at the end of that 2016 Harris-Allen Bowl final, the memorable yeah. contest between Havard West and Griselli. It was Griselli's yeah. to lose. I think he took three wickets, Yorkers in and over. Phenomenal six balls. So I'll go with Jamesy on that one. Two weeks to go, chaps. Cricket is back in Pembroke. Yeah. Bank first holiday net Monday. Night. First net for you, Fraser? Yeah. yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah. Good, Nick? Nope. Um, <laughs> but, you know... I'm, I, I, I follow a simple philosophy. If I'm getting bat on ball, that's good enough for me. I'll, um, I'll let the connoisseurs worry about the, the technique of the front defence. Any inside gossip in the in the Sam Ryan camp, Fraser? How's everyone feeling? Couldn't, couldn't possibly say. We, we have a new net. We have a new net. We, we've got the cows and the sheep off the field, so we're in good nick. Um, yeah. But no, we're just like many other teams this year. <laughs> no, we're glad to be back out there in yeah. first in Division 3, second in Division 4. Let's get Let's not worry about tees or any of that rubbish, eh, Gordon? Let's just go and play cricket. Oh, no, we just... don't have to worry about them now. Bill isn't here, so... <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a couple of names to finish as well. Um, I was born in Lancashire. I, I don't have a Lancashire accent, but I, I was born in Blackpool. Uh, so Jimmy Anderson has to be in there for me as one of my all-time favourites. Gloucestershire Lynx, so I'll, I'll go Courtney Walsh as well. Yeah, uh, certainly. Absolute class act. And just a, a name actually interesting, Bill um, picked out Jeff Jones because I, I was always a big fan. I think a real missed opportunity with his, with his injuries, but Simon Jones mm. had oh. so much ability and had he not had those injuries, I think Injury, we should talk yeah. about him as being yeah. one, of the, one of the best. One of the greatest yeah. bowlers England never had, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the part he played in that 2005 Ashes we shouldn't be underrated, I don't think. No. 
I didn't name my international bowler, did I? Go on, you got 30 seconds, Gordon. Uh, Dennis Lilly. He was some bowler. I used to <laughs> love watching him back in the <laughs> 70s. He, he was exceptionally quick. Understatement of the night, I think, there, Gordon, actually. Yeah. yeah. He, he was yeah. some bowler. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, keep those comments coming. We will talk a lot, I think, next week on the show about the, the new Pembrokeshire Cricket League season because they say two weeks to go until it starts. We've covered a whole range of topics tonight from Mourinho to the European Super League, but I think we are all inspired uh, by Sana Duffy's story. It was great to talk to her and we wish yeah. her so much luck. I'm going to go and have a little look at researching an ultra, I think, Fraser, maybe for 2023. Let's have a little show. Uh, have a great rest of your evening uh, next on Pure West Radio it's Making Noise with Rob Parker and friends Gordon Fraser thank you enjoyed your company as ever we're back again next Monday thank you guys for Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire this is Pure West Radio Charlie J. 